I read from the book of Ruth, chapter 1, the first 18 verses. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem in Judah went to live in the country of Moab, he and his wife and two sons. The name of the man was Imelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi. And the names of the two sons were Malan and Chilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Imelech, the husband of Naomi, died and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives, and the name of the one was Orpha, and the name of the other was Ruth. When they had lived there about 10 years, both Malan and Chilion also died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Naomi and her Moabite daughters-in-law. Then she started to return with her daughters-in-law from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had considered his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she had been living she and her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. But Naomi had said to her two daughters-in-law, go back, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may have find security each of you in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them and wept aloud. They said to her, no, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, turn back my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb that, you may, that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. Even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you then wait until they were grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, it has been far more bitter for me than for you because the hand of the Lord has turned against me. Then they wept aloud again. Orpha kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So she said, see, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. 
Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me, and more as well, if even death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. In our entertainment-saturated world, we hear lots of lines from movies. Most are quickly forgotten. Some make us laugh. Some make us think. And others give us a lump in our throat. In The Wizard of Oz, released in 1939, Dorothy says to her dog, People quote that line whenever they feel like the world around them has changed. In the 1948 movie, Casablanca gave us one of the most romantic phrases of all time. It works best if you imitate Humphrey Bogart. Cool Hand Luke, released in 1967, gave us the words, You'll hear that one when people suffer a complete breakdown of communication. In 2001, Zoolander with Will Ferrell, he said, Does anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. This describes how so many people are feeling today. The world of movies is not the only source of lines that shape our lives. Here are some great lines from the Bible. The first is Psalm 22, verse 1. It gives us some comforting words. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Jeremiah 29, 11, we get the assurance for surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 to 5 offer the insight, love is patient, love is kind, love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. In Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, verse 13, we find the uplifting words, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And in the letter to the Romans, chapter 8, verses 28, verse 28, we are promised, we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his promise. 
There is also the verse Martin Luther called the gospel in miniature. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have everlasting life. Another classic comes from our text today in the book of Ruth, chapter 1, verse 16. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God my God. Why do these lines resonate with us? What's so special about these lines from the Bible? For starters, they're true. They capture an important insight about the nature of God and human beings. The Lord is as caring and protective toward us as the shepherd is toward his sheep. God really does watch over us. Christ truly does strengthen us to face the challenges of our lives. And all things do tend to work together for good when we love and serve the Lord. These biblical verses are exact summaries of bigger truths. In the same way that movie lines reveal something about their characters, Humphrey Bogart was a tough guy with a tender heart captured in the romantic line. Here's looking at you, kid. And this and other movie lines are memorable because they are so true to their characters. But great lines also shape us because they capture an entire story. When Dorothy says, we're not in Kansas anymore, you know that she's entered the strange new world of Oz. When Will Ferrell shouts, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills, you are getting a shorthand description of the entire Zoolander movie in which two male models try to prevent the murder of a prime minister at a fashion show. In the book of Ruth, we hear Ruth saying the line, where you go, I will go, where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, your God, my God. This line shapes their lives because it captures the entire story of the book of Ruth. It brings to mind the faithfulness of Ruth to her mother-in-law, Naomi, which in turn is a picture of God's faithfulness to us. Her comment mirrors God's faithfulness to us. It reminds us of God's promise never to leave us or forsake us. Now let's review the story from Ruth. Back in the days when the judges ruled the people of Judah, there was a famine in the land. A man named Emelech of Bethlehem fled the famine and went to live in the land of Moab. He took his wife and his two sons with him. The man died in Moab, and his sons married Moabite women, 
named Orpha and Ruth. Then the two sons died and left all three women with no family and no means of support. By this time, the famine in Judah was over, so Naomi decided to return to Judah where there was family and her daughters-in-law should return to their families in Moab. Even if Naomi had a husband and could bear sons that very night, they would not grow up in time to support the two younger widows. At first, both daughters-in-law rejected her solution, but eventually Orpha did consent to return to her people. But Ruth clings to Naomi and utters the now famous line from the 16th verse. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Incidentally, these words have been made into a song. Dorothy had that song sung at our wedding more than 60 years ago. And she's lived by those lines. We've moved a lot of different places and she came right along. This memorable verse captures the story of Ruth's faithfulness. Ruth 1 verse 16 has actually shaped our lives and changed the way we talk and feel. We remember these words because they revealed something essential about Ruth. She was a woman of deep love and faithfulness. We also remember these words because they symbolize the entire story and remind us that God used this loving and faithful woman in a powerful way. Ruth went to Bethlehem with Naomi. There she met a man named Boaz. She married him and they had a son who became the grandfather of David. Of course, that made Ruth David's great-grandmother the ancestor of Israel's greatest king and of Jesus. Let's not assume that love and faithfulness always lead to a perfect Hollywood ending. When Ruth promises to stay with Naomi, she does not know that she will end up with a husband and a child. Jessica Tate is the director of an organization called NEXT Church. She reminds us that when the two women arrive in Bethlehem, Naomi is bitter and empty. She says at this point in the story, we do not know that Ruth will become Naomi's savior. We do not know that there will be a new family of, or plentiful food. All we are left with is Naomi's emptiness. Tate says, this is where we are, we so often find ourselves with a scary diagnosis, a relationship crumbling, the loss of a job, the death of a loved one. We find ourselves in these empty places, uncertain of the end of the story. We do not know how or if our fortunes, our security, our confidence, our hope will be restored. 
So what do we do? In the 2001 movie, A Beautiful Mind, a brilliant mathematician named John Nash suffers from terrible hallucinations. After a particularly threatening episode, his wife Alicia comes to him and asks, you want to know what's real? She puts his hand on her heart and said, this is real. She remains faithful to him in the face of an uncertain future. And near the end of his life, he wins the Nobel Prize. This is real, says Alicia Nash. You are not alone. This is real, Ruth says to Naomi. I will be with you. Jessica Tate writes, we are left with simply a promise, a promise that we are not alone. This is God's promise to us as well, a promise that nothing in all creation will separate us from our Lord. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. This promise from Ruth to Naomi is also God's promise to each of us. You want to know what is real? This is real. The love and faithfulness of the one true God in every time and every place and in the face of every hardship, loss or failure. That's a line that can shape our lives. Amen.